so this is the podcast yeah No, but really, guys, this is the podcast. This is two chickpeas in a podcast. Hi, I'm Nikita. Hey, I'm Tash. And this is two chickpeas in a podcast. Well, we're sisters, first and foremost. We are 15 months apart. Best friends. Yes, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yes we are best friends we are busy mates <laughs> i love you i love you too girl even though i don't say that often i know I nikki's not very affectionate whereas like i'm the needy one it's so weird with my family i don't feel like i can be affectionate i just have to be shut up and give me a hug <laughs> <laughs> i can sometimes i think when i'm really hungover i'm like guys i need a hug hug me nikki now nikki chooses when she loves us I don't choose. I don't know what it Shut is up, with you're being lying to me. <laughs> I'm not lying. I I don't know why I just can't be affectionate with you guys. But with it is true. It is true because with everyone else, I'm so. Do you how rude this girl is? Please, everyone. She is rude. Oh, I can love everyone but my family. It's not that. Shut I think up. maybe it's an eldest child syndrome thing. I feel like I have to sort of be there for everyone all the time. So maybe that means I just Kay. can't let my guard down or something. Excuses. Not excuses. We're facts, baby. Okay. You can't handle the truth. Oh, shut up, <laughs> well, me and Nikki were talking about why we started this podcast. And actually, Nikki had a really good point as to why she wanted to do this podcast anyway. I think it dates back to nearly a year ago when I turned 25 uh, on November 15th. I'm a Scorpio baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I was turning 25 and... It was really daunting. I don't know why. I didn't freak out about turning any of the other 20-something years. But I think 25 is a big wake-up call that is five more years until you're 30. And actually, the years of being, you know, the five years that have gone by of being 20 to 25 has gone by so quickly. And I just know the next five years are going to go back even quicker. I mean, I mean four years nearly, really, because I'm going to be 26 in November. And... I just really started thinking about what do I want to achieve in these five years and that started to freak me out and then I also thought about how many people around me are now starting to get engaged starting to get married starting to have kids yuck (laughs) not yuck to all my friends who are married and have kids I mean your kids are beautiful and I love your partners but I it's just not for me yet right now especially me too honey not for me. I mean, I can't even have breakfast in the morning, let alone like have a husband. Okay, so <laughs> I don't know how I would deal with that. I guess we're just we weren't prepared for knowing that you know our twenties are actually, you know, society our culture would probably want us to start looking for someone. Oh my God, Nikki! Today on the bus, mm. there was this woman. I sat next to her on the bus. There was no other place to sit, and you know she had a walking stick and. She, she was shaking her stick, so I thought, oh, maybe she has, you know that, like, you know, the shaky hand syndrome thing, I don't know, like. I don't know what it's called, but I know what you mean. Yeah, and so she looked at me, and she smiled, and I smiled back, and she asked me what my name was, I told her, and I said, what's your name, and she said it was Sonia Khan, and then she started talking to me in Punjabi, and I just couldn't really understand her very well, or anything, cause especially because I can't speak it back or anything like that, but 
she was trying to hook me up with her son she was like <laughs> oh my god like do you want to come to my house you can <laughs> see my son you can get married i was like yo no way she was like come on come on come with me get the h32 with me and i will take you how to deep down the h32 do you like, want to go for this husband <laughs> bruh, i literally couldn't believe it i was and i said to her i was like no like i'm too young and she was like, ha, 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 ha. Come, come, come to my house. I said, oh, my God, man. I had to run away from her. I felt really bad because she was chatting a lot of shit. But I felt really bad from, like, you know when you don't want to run away from someone because you can tell they're kind of, like, you know, lonely or whatever. But as soon as she started telling me, you know, oh, you know, my son, he has a degree. He has a degree and he is very tall and you can marry him. And I was like, oh, no. Honey, no. <laughs> oh, Linda, honey. Honey, how far down the H32 route you go to find this man? I mean, H32 to Southall. Hell no. Not even to Hounslow, to Southall. So deeper and deeper down the route you go, we were, I, the we were, crazier the guy's going to be. We were literally approaching Hounslow West and I was going to get off the stop to, to walk home and she got off at the same time so I couldn't leave her. And I was walking her to the bus stop and she just was trying to convince me so much to come to her house. And I was like, oh my God, no, please. Worst nightmare, worst nightmare. Baby, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so marriage potentially in the cards for you. You just Hell no. hop on the H32 anytime you feel lonely. I think me and you both, I don't know. Like, I think a lot of our friends are kind of, I mean, some of our friends are happy to be single mm. and you know not ready for marriage at all some are in long-term relationships mm. and you can see that their life is probably going to go that way and and that's great but i think the other thing is i feel like sometimes some people around me is just so they're just so set or just belong together and it's going to be so easy for them to sort of create a life together especially because a lot of my friends are of a similar background culturally or if they're not of similar backgrounds culturally, they're of similar family backgrounds. So their mentality of their family is the same. So even if they're not the same culture, it's not really a deal because both their families think alike. But I've actually found it really hard to try and find that. And I think the thing about turning 25 and thinking of friends who are getting engaged, married, having children, is that I really started to think about what it would be like if I wanted to start a family. And I've never really dated anyone who's who's been Indian, ever really. I mean, I've casually <laughs> been seeing. Very casual, very recently. Can I just out you? <laughs> <laughs> Nikki Nikki dated a Gucci. I did she not went, date him. Oh, sorry, I went she on went, one she date. She went on one date with a Gucci, and we were all like nearly had a heart attack. We were all like gobsmacked, <laughs> like what the hell, Nikki and Peggy, not you. <laughs> not you um this is just like because me and nikki are both not really attracted to indians like it's just it's you know obviously we're both indians maybe that's why we're not i don't know but like we just that's not our type no i think i think me personally why i'm not attracted to indian people i did when we was at school actually because we went to we we were from hounslow also known as brownslow massive and our area is predominantly Asian. So I think maybe in school I did fancy some people who were Indian here and there because our school was predominantly yeah, but how Indian. Young was we in it? Yeah, but even then I can't even remember who that, like, these Indian people might have been. Like, I honestly can't. But I think I remember or realized in myself that I kind of was rejecting my culture growing up. And I think that meant Indian men too. So 
when I was younger, I think, yeah, it was completely fine that I wasn't dating Indian people. I didn't think of it at all. It was never an issue to me. And I never really saw in my mind that I wanted to date someone who was Indian. But actually now, realistically, thinking about some of the people I have dated, I can't necessarily imagine raising my child with them in a blended sort of culture, family type of situation. <laughs> like, wait, what? You you can't see you marrying an Indian? No, I can't see myself. So I've dated lots of people who are not Indian and I can't think of one person who I would think, oh, yeah, I'd want to raise my kids with you. No, honey, you haven't found them yet. No, That's I haven't why. found them yet. But also I've really thought about our backgrounds and our lifestyles and our cultures. And I can't imagine mixing that either. Yeah. I thought because I knew for so long now I'm not attracted or I haven't been attracted to Indians. That is all changing, by the way. Ranveer Singh is doing it for me. But <laughs> oh my God, I'm surprised you even know who that is. Yeah, no. Tr- You're yeah. a little freshy, low key in it. Nikki's like number one coconut, but you are surprising me these days. Ranveer Singh and Saifala Khan, man, that nose, like growing up, the nose was doing it for me, man. Like I wanted him to like nuzzle it in my face and shit. Like. <laughs> I really did. I was no Saif Ali Khan back in day when he was young, when he was young and used to do all the films like Prithi Zinda and stuff. Like, oh, he's so bang, so bang. But, bang yeah. up, <laughs> bangy. <laughs> wow, you surprise me. You really do shock me sometimes, even with the. Oh, you're in for all the shocks and surprises with the podcast, girl. I'm telling you. <laughs> but yeah, I just I really started to think at 25, like, could I realistically? blend in with someone else's culture and background completely could I do that and then I started really looking at Indian families and I really love like that there's big families that there's so many get-togethers that the weddings that we celebrate are always really big and outlandish and I love I think I did start to really recognize that oh maybe I do want to raise my children in an Indian household because I really love the values you're taught about family I think but then I think it was such a hypocrisy growing up and that's why I've rejected my culture but then again but then again like you can do that you can marry someone of any faith religion any anyone and still bring your kids up to be Indian and and but I'm not myself I'm not myself and this is where like my identity crisis I suppose is coming from so my friends are really British and white to look at I suppose but really they are so Indian on the inside so Indian and it's really embarrassing when we go to restaurants and they're like oh bags what's this or what does that mean and I'll look at it and I'll be like um I don't know and I'm secretly googling because I don't know that's the problem and it really makes me feel a bit crappy you don't have to know every single thing you know what i mean but i get what you're saying i completely understand and agree with what you're saying but then again as well like i guess you learn more as you grow older and these are the times where we can start asking these questions to Mm. relatives and you know mum you know our our mum yeah shout out (laughs) snay because there's a lot of things you know i want to be able to make dal and roti and subjis and all of these all of things that. and our Just family chai blend man who like oh what happened <laughs> to the, the family chai blend? to the chai guys Mm-mm. oh my god it's so it's i don't know how the we're nicest 
chai blend ever. And all the jars and stuff. Like, are we going to be able to make all this? Like, I really want to know. I like, know. How do we do this? Nanny used to make fresh day every night. Yes. Fresh, fresh, fresh. fresh. That's yogurt, by the way. Lots of um, Indian households, um, especially Gujaratis, they make their own yogurt. So. Bar used to like dry the chilies outside. We would never be allowed to play in the oh garden because she's chili- She's drying every vegetable under the sun out there to make all yeah. the jars. Oh, the raw the- mango. Oh, my God. Who knows about raw mango jar, mate? Oh, my <laughs> days. <laughs> but this is what I mean. And, like, I we're starting to now have, like, paratas that you can just, like, take out the freezer, heat really quickly in the pan, and it's done. And do you know how convenient that is for my life? I'm like, wow, that's so good. But it's not the real deal. It's not the real deal, honey. It's not. And I don't even want to learn it for, like, the purposes of, like, you know, my husband and stuff. I just want to learn it for me. And then, yeah, of course, when I do have a family, it would be nice. But... It's not really like people want to, you know, you're not deemed like a real housewife. I mean, not housewife, but you're not really deemed a good wife, even if you don't know how to make your man's a roti in that, innit? But you know what? My man's better be coming through and making roti for me, man, because it's changing. Yeah, I'm not about me. this, like, oh, my husband come home, roti, sabji, dal on the table. What about me? You can shut up, mate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Chupkar. So yeah, there's many things that like really spring to mind when we think about all the things to do with why we want to do this podcast. Yeah, I think definitely a self-discovery journey for me because I really feel like I've been living in some weird bubble or I just, I honestly just feel like I can't remember a lot of my childhood growing up either and that's like a massive issue for me. So I think I've been rejecting my culture for so long because I feel like from such a young age I've just seen a lot of hypocrisy in our culture in terms of the equality Mm. air quotes equality between men and women our roles being in Indian society and families and I think it very much still exists today as well like I think it's much much, it's gone much better and I think also because um we're at that situation I think a lot now but you know like you know when we would see you know all the men eat first and the women eat after so yeah so every time there's like a massive family gathering at my auntie's house all the women will be helping my auntie in the kitchen cook which is you know right and needed (laughs) support is needed but all the men will be chilling in like the front room and then i remember one day uh, my auntie was like oh food's ready food's ready and i was starving i've obviously been helping make the food and stuff and i was starving and i went to go pull out a chair to go sit down and mom was like what are you doing and i was like i'm gonna eat and she's like no 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 you don't eat now and i was like what (laughs) what do you mean i don't eat now i'm hungry man (laughs) i need to eat and she's like no and then all the men came in sat down and then I ended up serving their food. I ended up putting rice on the plate, roti on the plate. Who needs this? Who needs that? And then once they were done, then we all got to sit down. And I was like, but we just cooked all of this. Like, why the, Why are we serving them? I don't understand. There's that expectation of, have, of looking after your men, though, isn't there? Especially in Indian culture. Like, you know, the mm. wife cooks and cleans and looks after the children. Mm. And the man goes to to work yeah and brings in the money and then comes home eats and fucking gets his back (laughs) rubbed and but that's the thing and i remember like growing up and maybe from a really young age rejecting my culture but also just immersing myself in 
in things like I remember like loving the Spice Girls growing up, man. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. What, that was, those are our sisters, bro. Oh my god, that was god. like my life. Like I didn't look to any Bollywood star and be like, oh, I want to be like you. Like yeah, I we looked. To uh, we liked kuch kuch hota hai, KKKG. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I never wanted to be like any of these people. I never wanted to be Ashwari Rai. I, I wanted, wanted to, to be, be Karina Kapoor so badly. I oh, Karina, everyone wanted to be Poo. Pooja. Yeah, that was the only, only thing and I And Tina from Kuch Kuch Hota Hai. Oh, no, Tina. But look, Rani Mukherjee is a fucking stunner, mate. Like, Stun. Banger. Another banger. Bangers. She always wears the best saris. If, if I wanted to be like any, any Bollywood actress, I reckon it'd be her. And I loved Britney's in the growing up, actually. Yeah. These days, there's all these new chicks. They're, they're very pretty, very stunning, very stunned. But mm. it's not the same like it used to be. That's also something that pisses me off a lot. Like, like films are not what they used to be. It's all They're all like all these gories running around in like bikinis and stuff dancing. Whereas like before in old It is films, whitewashed. Bollywood is whitewashed It now. literally is. They Everyone used to wear like their saris and like, you know, traditional this and that and now they are literally wearing mini skirt can barely see any any cover up on the skin it's all just flesh <laughs> not you know we are feminists you know wear what you gotta wear but in this instance in the films like yeah this I is not women like wearing the what they want to wear they're wearing like the most ridiculous tiniest clothes in this dance sequence they're dancing to a very hindi bollywood song and they they, they just don't fit in with the scene go, no offense but I it just, just doesn't hand work go, you know have you seen that emoji with the hand on the face emoji that yeah man oh my god every single time why why do they do this <laughs> so yeah i feel like i maybe always saw like the negatives in indian culture growing up but then it wasn't until i became a lot older when i was in my early 20s or late teens that i started to realize how many people around me because i'm i'm quite lucky to be in a really multicultural friendship circle so there's a bit of everything in there mm. you know i've got lebanese people in my circle people who are part jamaican part japanese have all these interesting backgrounds and blends to them and it's allowed me to learn so much about their culture how they've been raised their understanding of the world and it's really been great insight to me into how i can view the world differently to what i know i'm very appreciative of that and i think living in london that's like the number one thing for me is that we're quite a multicultural city yeah. and i'm able to meet absolutely everyone and anyone from any background and i love that but i think the problem <laughs> with indian culture sometimes is that everyone is just so in your business that is like that's part indian of the culture stop, honey oh my god that's indian's full stop everyone wants to know everything they think they're involved they think they're bloody living with you that they need to know every single detail gossip gossip yeah and i get that that's a, a very well-known thing about indian culture is these busybody aunties uncles you can get but i think I was just very aware of this from a really young age. I'm talking young. I really remember feeling like I was four or five and really recognizing all of these things about oh, our culture. Oh, you intelligent. I know. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I know, but I really, honestly, from a young age, remember feeling like that. And I used to be really envious of other people who weren't Indian, who were just able to do their own thing. Do you know what I mean? It just wasn't... Their mum and dad was in like, oh, wear this, do this, or 
just always constantly being told what to do I suppose I that's how I felt anyway and I well, was maybe, really envious of that <laughs> but maybe also it's because you know other cultures and stuff weren't as strict whereas like now obviously we're older we have our own mindset and I think our mum is quite uh, we're lucky to have a modern mum like she does allow us to go out with our friends and well but she would always say that she's like oh you're so lucky to have me as your mum and not someone else because they wouldn't let them go out at this time or do this and I'm like but do you want a pat on the back for doing something you should already have been doing like I get that other Indian parents don't do this but do you think that's right because I think mum herself feels like if she maybe didn't have as strict of an upbringing and she could figure things out for herself a little bit more. But there's people now, like, you know, there's many of our friends, well, my friends anyway, there's so many of my friends that lied to their parents growing up, like, and say, Mm. would say, oh, I'm at Tasha's house. When they were, like, in the bloody park getting Mm. drunk, mum knew every single time where I was. Like, we both never lied to her. But she asked that of us, didn't she? Yeah, and we never lied. We could have. We could have lied. Mm. And we never did. And there are tons of my friends that lied where they were and, you know, kept you know their boyfriend under wraps there was this girl yeah who i wasn't even close with came to our house changed her fucking clothes (laughs) and went back out (laughs) and then i left yeah oh my god get this i stayed out she had to go home so i thought oh yeah cool cool see you later honey she went back to our house Mm. to change her clothes mum was so pissed off at me oh my god I mean, I didn't even know that she was going home to change her clothes, like our house to change her clothes and go back to her big, big house. Rude. Like, do you know what I mean? But the extent and the lengths that these these girls would go to just so that their family wouldn't find out. They're living some double life, mate. It's crazy. Now she married and has like two or three kids. Mm. But you know. But I do think it's really interesting because I feel like, so we're third generation Asian? So first. Sure. Yeah, so let's break this down. I would say first generation would be nanny. So like our grandparents and my grandma's brother and everyone. So they were born and raised in a different country completely. And so my mom's side of the family, the Gujarati. So they were born and raised in India and then lived in Uganda for a little while. And then the government there decided they didn't want anyone who wasn't nationally ugandan and then they got given british passports passports to come and live and work here and then mum would be second generation because even though she was born in uganda she was primarily brought up here but still very much brought up in the way that her own parents were brought up and under that sort of strictness under that whole lifestyle very much similar to her mum and the rest of her elders basically and then i would say we're third generation so been born and raised in this country completely and i always lived in hounslow by the way always always lived same well nikki lives in her own place now i i still live at home with mom good old mom and my bro and i yeah i would say we're third generation asian and I think we're doing bits, you know. <laughs> I think we are doing bits, of course. We all are. And I think, like, generally as a millennial woman, even just, like, just actually even scrap the women, just as a millennial, like, I think our generation has had it the hardest. Like, we are growing yeah. up in an age in society where everything is ten times harder to get a job, 
you know you're like you said mm. earlier we're replaceable like it's nothing like we, people can pick us and pick us up and throw us away if they want people yeah are so easy to access other things as well like social media is one other thing i feel like is, is huge and you know just the younger generation as well they've all they've got all this like instagram mm. and stuff at such a young young age i remember in school being like really paro about you know how my hair looked and you know well, i think we're quite anxieties. yeah i i agree and i also think we're quite unique in the sense that i i think for me like gr- growing up i remember all the new technologies sort of coming out one by one like i remember when the motorola the motorola's the nokia's coming out one by one the tiny 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 flip phones you remember that tight like it was a tiny ass phone and you each button like had you could maybe text like two things on it yeah do you know what i mean like you could never read a full text i don't know how anyone read words on this little it was honestly i don't know how to describe it it was like thinner than a chocolate bar (laughs) you'd get the craziest phones They'd all come out one by one. So all the technology was new. I remember dial-up internet. Oh dial-up internet. I remember sneaking down in the morning to, and, and trying to connect to the internet and hoping mum and dad were in here because <laughs> I was really scared. And obviously like that would cut the phone line off. So I'd be like, oh, I hope no one's trying to call in the morning. Yeah. Or if I was I was playing a game on the computer and mum's like, okay, I need to call someone now. And I'm like, are you kidding, mum? I'm on level this. Not allowed. Not allowed. Mini clip. So everything's sort of come out one by one. So we, I've got, I've known life before, you know, Sky Plus, before you could pause to, on live TV, mm-hmm. all of this. I remember like running home from school so I could watch my favorite TV show and things. I think we're quite unique in the sense that we've really experienced the way that our older generations have gone through things, but also been young enough to adapt to all the new technologies and and ways of living because of the technology that has been coming out so we've adapted really quite easily to it but i still remember a time before all of this not that it was very long before all the technology and and changes and the way that we live started yeah definitely remember a simpler time (laughs) and i think it's really interesting to see how because everything is changing and because of the internet so many things are now being exposed so so many social injustices or just everyone's able to have a voice now because of the internet where you really weren't before yeah there's and so many platforms where you're able to say what you want and think and feel mm. and i love that i do love it but with all with that also comes a lot of backlash you know people are horrible people are fucking horrible they are horrible people they mm. can really ruin you know other people's lives through through the internet and like everything is a joke people are just out to like literally make you feel like shit the like on every single post that you see there will always be someone hating like you know on every artist page like you'll pick click on a picture and they're doing sick and they're making big moves and earning big mm. big money and you click comments and there'll be someone who's like, oh, mm. you're shit or something. It's just horrible. And it I just feel there's a lack of, there's a lack of support in all, in all races and ethnic minorities, minorities and stuff. But uh, don't you feel like a lot of the hate, yeah, it's really weird that I've noticed, you know, a lot of Asian girls hate on each other. 
hate on each other. Girls in general hate on each other. Another reason why I think I really rejected my culture growing up. Asian girls. I mean, don't get me wrong. Asian girls and boys, we're all as bad, all as great as each other. The pros, the cons, the good, the bad, the ugly. But whoa, going to school in Hounslow, predominantly Asian, the girls, the bitchiness. Actually, I was quite lucky in my year. I had a really multicultural year. There was a few... You know, yeah, like in I every still, year, you get I a few bitches. I was in your year, and I still remember there were fucking bitches. There were at there there were bitches in your year, and even in mine, like you know, you would. Just I always thought that be... of your year more. I just thought the girls in your year were another level of pay. Ah, they another are. level my, of pay. Oh my god, I hated my year at school. I, uh, there's probably only like three or four people. Actually, you know, there's 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 a, there's, a, there's a selection of people from school that I I do still got on with, but like a lot of the girls. Oh my god. I can do. That's what I think is really interesting about wanting to start the podcast because I feel like I really viewed Asian culture one way my whole life. And I would say in a predominantly negative view for majority of my life. But the sudden weird epiphany that I'm having that I'm 25, I feel like I'm really starting to see all the other great sides to our, our culture and I'm really starting to fall in love with it again. And what I'm really excited to do through the podcast is understand my culture better through the guests that we have on and the people we talk to and the things that we talk about as well. So I'm really looking forward to to falling in love with my culture all over again, I suppose. And even looking within our own family to how a mum was raised by her, her elders, but then seeing the difference in how our little cousins are being raised by her cousins. So our aunties who are maybe like 10 or 12 years older than us and the massive difference that they have growing up to to what our Marcy's did so what our Marcy's children have compared to what our Marcy and mum and did have growing up so for instance I remember when we were younger we were just never allowed to play with our toys <laughs> we got given things we were never allowed oh to god, play do you with remember them the indian barbie the indian barbie i will never forgive mum for that oh I will my never. god yeah you know how you get like special edition indian barbie so we got one i don't know who from i can't remember but she was dressed in this lovely sari oh mum never let us take it out the damn box, box not once. ever do you know how much they, they are like being sold on the internet now for the, that's the thing yes yeah. so at the time i was like okay one thousand dollar i mean one thousand pounds <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing so at the time i was like okay mum's not play letting us play with this barbie it must be for some reason. Like, mum's got to have a reason for this. She gave it to someone. Gave it. Just any nearly... We, and we don't know this. And this is the thing that really annoys me about mum, yeah? She will just, like, help people. No offence, yeah? But just, like, any Tom, Dick or Harry. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You've given away our what childhood. What about your children, mum? What about your children? Do you know what I mean? Just Asians. They love to help everyone out but your own kids. Oh, give them that toy. <laughs> no, it's mine. <laughs> it's my toy. <laughs> I'm so upset by that, especially because like we broke right now. Like I wouldn't mind thousand pounds for a Barbie doll right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I need it. Thanks, mom. <laughs> Shout out every time. Because mom's obviously brought us up like that because of how she was brought up. I asked her about the Barbie doll. Like, why did you never let us play with that? Mom doesn't know to this day why she didn't let us play with that doll. She just has no idea why she never let us do that. And I'm like, it's probably because that's how she was brought up. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting us being third generation Asian is that we've been able to to be brought up here in London 
in the UK, completely like born on the soil, raised in this British culture. And that's the thing, I'm British Asian. I very much identify with my British side. And I've always been really proud of that. I'm so proud of being a Londoner. I like all these little things I, I've inhabited of from being in Britain. But now I'm really starting to realize being 25, like, oh my God, like who am I as an Indian?